is Paul speaking to believing or unbelieving Jews? We can see that Paul is speaking to Jews in Romans chapters 9 to 11. He addresses his discourse to my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. In these three chapters, 9 to 11, there are only nine verses that deal with Gentiles. That's Romans 11, verses 13 to 21. So our question becomes this. Are these Jews believers in Christ? Many have concluded they are not Christians. So Paul must be reprimanding them for their unbelief. If this is true, it promotes an anti-Semitic interpretation of Paul's words. For now, let us just agree that Paul is speaking to Jews. Whether believers in Christ or not, we don't know yet. But let's continue listening to Paul. He speaks to Israelites, to whom belong the adoption as sons and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law, the temple service, and the promises. That's Romans 9, verse 4. This weighty string of privileges is a figure of speech called hyperbole, which simply means extreme exaggeration for emphasis. Paul is attempting to break down the pride of these Jews. He could have said, you are sons of God, or God has given you the law to participate in a covenant relationship, or you are privileged to have the temple services. Instead, Paul has captured the tradition of these Jews who perceive themselves as holy and righteous because they are God's chosen people. However, with biting words, Paul uses extreme exaggeration to emphasize their pride and self-importance, which has led to their perception of an elevated status. The question that now confronts us is this. Were these prideful Jews believers in Christ, or were they unbelievers? Christian theologians have often concluded that they were unbelievers, in part because they have not recognized Paul's use of hyperbole, extreme exaggeration, his wordplay with homonyms, <clears throat> which is the same word that has two different meanings, and his handling of irony, saying one thing but really meaning another all of which are characteristic of the Hebrew scriptures in which Paul employs in his letter to the Jews in Rome. I have concluded that these Jews were believers in Christ, who considered themselves experts in the law, and they were insisting that their Gentile brethren must know the law and be circumcised as God had instructed in the Hebrew scriptures. We must remember that a collection of letters had not yet been collected in the New Testament. Now let me explain, in part, why I have drawn this conclusion. Some scholars suggest that Romans is not one unified composition written by Paul, but reflects several of Paul's letters that were later edited into one manuscript. If this is the case, the beginning of Paul's letter to the Romans is not relevant to our study of Romans 9-11, to because these three chapters would be perceived as unrelated to the rest of the letter. However, my literary analysis from a Hebraic perspective has led me to conclude that the epistle to the Romans, as it has been canonized in the New Testament, was collected and edited as one unified composition. Therefore, at this time, I ask you to consider with me the opening of the letter which helps us understand those to whom Paul was writing. The beginning of Paul's letter to the Romans is directed first to Gentiles in the Roman community and then to the Jews in that same community. 
In typical Pauline fashion, his words are teeming with linguistic artistry that includes repetition, contrast, parallel lines, ironic ridicule, wordplay, and startling insertions. I will explain how Paul uses these linguistic devices as we proceed through the opening words of his letter. Paul begins <clears throat> by ridiculing the Gentile believers. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, says Paul in Romans chapter 1, verse 14. On the surface, this appears to refer first to Gentile believers that he calls Greeks, and then to Gentile non-believers that are pagan barbarians. This terse declaration distinguishes between two groups, Greeks and Romans because they had adopted the Greek culture, who saw themselves as wise, and barbarians, those living in primitive cultures, who were considered to be foolish. In the ancient world, Greeks perceived their knowledge as far advanced beyond all other people who did not have the benefit of Greek wisdom. However, Paul is using ironic ridicule to criticize the Gentile believers in Rome, who were apparently well-educated in the Greek culture, but who were acting no differently than the prideful Jews who perceived God's chosen people as elevated far beyond the pagan Gentiles. Let us also look at the key words. The Greeks are described as wise with advanced knowledge, in contrast to the foolish barbarians. Do the Greeks really have superior worldly wisdom that is greater than the gospel of Christ? I hope your answer is no. Barbarians, on the other hand, are those who live apart from the Greek influence that had been spread throughout the Roman Empire. The barbarians are fools, Paul declares, which is the English translation of the Greek ano etos, meaning literally without a mind. That is, the minds of these foolish barbarians were empty without knowledge or wisdom. With sarcastic irony, Paul accuses the Gentile believers of acting like barbarians. They believed they were wise, but their heads were empty without the wisdom that Paul would be explaining to them. Thus, Paul shows the Gentile members of the Roman community, formerly pagans but now believers in Jesus, Yeshua, that they are as prideful in their Greek culture as the Jews were prideful in their chosen status by God. We will now consider Paul's reproof of the Jews in Romans chapter 2, verse 1 through 331. These are Jewish believers in Christ who have been teaching the law to their Gentile brethren who are also believers in Christ. However, Paul refers to their teaching with sarcastic irony, which is saying one thing but really meaning the opposite, and hyperbole, which is extreme exaggeration for emphasis. First comes a list of the pride in their elevated status of a covenant relation with relationship with God and their knowledge of the law. You bear the name Jew. You rely on the law. You boast in God. You know his will. You have been instructed out of the law. Then Paul describes with sarcastic irony and tongue-in-cheek their self-perception as teachers. A guide to the blind a light to those who are in darkness, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of the immature. Paul's irony implies that these te Jewish teachers are actually the ones who are blind and living in darkness. They are the foolish ones who are immature. Now we hear Paul with words of outright criticism against these Jewish believers. You who pass judgment condemn yourself because you who judge practice the same things. 
you will not escape the judgment of God. You have a stubborn and unrepentant heart. There is no partiality with God, so all who sin will be judged. Now we can pose our own list of questions. What is the sin of these Jewish believers? What were they teaching? How are they blind? And how are they immature? Paul's criticism conveys what the Jews were teaching their Gentile brethren. They were insisting the Gentiles had to be circumcised as part of a conversion process to become a Jew. Only Jews belong to God, they claimed, and Jews must be circumcised as a sign of the covenant. Jews must also know the law so they can walk in the ways of God. Listen to Paul's side of the, of the dialogue. Circumcision is that which is of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. Letter refers to the law, and the key to Paul's persuasion is the role of the spirit. The love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, Paul asserts in Romans 5.5. 5. The law is fulfilled in those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, Paul insists. Thus Paul wrote his letter to believers in Rome, both Jews and Gentiles, not to convince them to believe in the Messiah, they already had accepted Yeshua as the Son of God, and not to help them exhort others to believe in the Messiah because they were still immature in their understanding of the gospel. Paul was confronting the Jewish believers who had assumed positions of leadership to teach the Gentile believers that they should be circumcised and know the law. Paul was criticizing the Gentile believers because they were prideful in their Greek knowledge, but now had to become humble to accept Paul's instruction about the gospel of Christ. Unfortunately, those who claim that Paul was writing to unbelieving Jews in Rome have fostered an anti-Semitic approach to Paul's discourse that we find in Romans chapters 9 to 11. However, I am convinced that they were believers in Christ, but were misleading the new Gentile believers by their teaching that circumcision and knowledge of the law were requirements to participate in God's covenant community. You will find a downloadable transcript of this presentation on the Bible Interact website at BibleInteract.com.